0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com work.
1: Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more.
2: Poker, Horton, and Bell
3: and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for Underwriting MPB Programs Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, March 26th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, it's once again wait and see on a teacher pay raise as the Mississippi legislative session session continues. Then, why getting in line at the DMV could take you a while. And after a Mississippi story Corps, how a medical center transplant program is helping its lower-income patients. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: Now
0: serving C-368 at window three, now serving C-368. It's standing
3: room only at the Department of Public Safety headquarters in Jackson. The line is currently to the door as residents wait to receive help getting their licenses renewed. Paul Bias of Madison says he's already been waiting for two hours to get a new license and expects to be waiting for another two hours before being seen.
1: I just moved back from out of state. I'm just trying to get my license. It's ridiculous. I mean, anytime you're just sitting around for four hours, four or five hours, it's it's irritating. It should be a a minimum of 30 to 45 minutes.
3: Mississippi Department of Public Safety spokesperson Teresse Aples says the agency knows it has a problem. She says low salaries at DPS make it difficult to keep enough staff, as she explains to MPB's Jasmine Ellis. What
0: we have right now is um, we're experiencing extreme staffing issues, and part of that is because of the salary level that we're just not competitive right now. Right now we are in the process of dealing with a new system as well. Um, What it does is it takes longer to process some of the requests than the previous system did. That's because there are more government checks to run, that kind of thing. It does more of those things up front. So where it used to take us three to five minutes on a basic request, that being like a driver's license or, renewal, something like that. Now it's taking five to eight minutes, sometimes as much as 12. Sometimes it can be longer than that. The other problem that we have with some of the smaller driver's license bureaus is that um, we can't run a bureau with less than two people. So if one of our people is out and there were only two that day because of, again, low staffing already, we have to shut that down. So today we have one shutdown. We've had as many as four shut down in the last couple of weeks on the same day. So we're, we're really dealing with that and funding. Um, of course, we can't pay these people. Some of them are making
2: around $21,000 a year. How long are people waiting to get their driver's license and the different services here?
0: I'm not sure if we have an average, but I do know that I've heard of
2: people complaining that they... We're in line as long as four or five hours. You said lack of staffing is one of the issues. What's being done to alleviate that problem?
0: Right now, we're hoping that we'll receive some additional funding um, as the legislature finishes up. We are looking into several different options. We have a queuing system that you heard in there when you were um, there before. What it does is that it'll... If you're looking for one kind of request, like just a driver's license renewal, it'll give you a different letter at the front than someone who, say, is coming in from out of state and needs a whole new license and needs to transfer it over. So you've got, like, A300 and C25 and things like that. Those different numbers are a queuing system that tries to move things through faster rather than just letting them stack up, not based on what they are. We also are working with the idea of having, like, an online appointment system. So you go online, you find the appointment that you want for what day you want to be there, and you can set that up. Um, That is not in the works yet, but that is something that we're looking into as we speak. There are just multiple things that we're trying to pioneer right now that
2: right now they are not taking place but could take place in the near future. You said it could take place in the near future. Do you have any idea on how long this situation might last? It depends on the funding that we're able to get for this fiscal year. I think, and in some
0: cases also it's it's such a moving target right now. We're just waiting to see what develops.
2: Do you have any, I guess, advice to people who, you know, might want to – of course they have to come in and renew their licenses and things like that, but on how they can maybe maneuver the long wait, is there any way for them to do that? The best way I can tell you to get around the the lines is we have – We
0: have a website that you can go and you can renew, you can change your address, and um, you can replace a missing or stolen license or ID at at our website. We also have the kiosks that are in the driver's license bureaus. Um, Those are very helpful because in most cases you can go to them and you can just press a couple buttons, scan your license, scan your credit card, and you're good to go. Um, The other thing I would say is if you are doing something that needs to be here, get here early in the morning and be first in line because those people are in and out pretty quick. It's just as it loads up during the day that the, the wait begins. So a lot of people, sometimes people are here as early as six thirty or seven. That's not a bad idea.
2: And how long has this problem been going on? I don't have a exact time frame for you but I know it's been going on for a while. Is there anything I have not asked you that you would like to add? Just that DPS
0: is aware of this problem and we are trying to work on solutions for it. It's not like this is going on all over the state and we're sitting here acting like we don't know it's there. We're actively always trying to pursue ways to get these lines knocked down. But currently, where we are with our funding and our staffing, it's just prohibitive. Um, But that doesn't mean there's not a solution in sight. It's just that right now, this is where we are, and we just need some patience and some
2: understanding. And we just want our people to know we're working for them. One last question. Um, Because you talked of lack of funding and lack of staffing, we already talked about what that does to the people who are coming in, you know, waiting, long lines and things like that. What does that do to the staff? It's really unfair to the staff.
0: As of January, we had 49 open slots, um, and that has continued to rise. And what that does for these folks is that it means that as people are coming through the line and they're getting aggravated and they're, you know, their tempers are building, they're taking it out on our employees sometimes. Can you imagine working somewhere for a very low salary and constantly? having attitude feedback from the people that you're working for, it's, it's a tough job. And we're really grateful that we have some people that are doing it for us.
3: Teresa Apel of the Department of Public Safety with our Jasmine Ellis. In other news, Mississippi legislators say the latest revenue estimates show there's enough money in the budget to give teachers and some state employees a raise. MPB's Desiree Fraser reports.
4: Mississippi's Joint Legislative Budget Committee estimates state growth is up by 1.3 percent. That means legislators are working with a budget of $5.8 billion for fiscal year 2020, an increase of $56 million over their initial estimate. Republican House Speaker Philip Gunn says the $4,000 teacher pay increase they passed won't make it through the legislature.
1: What we have been able to negotiate is a um, a $1,000 raise, which will be ongoing for now, forevermore, and get it this year.
4: A starting teacher with no experience makes just over $34,000. Gunn says they hope to give community college employees a 2% raise. Kel Smith is with the Mississippi Community College Board. He says instructors average $49,000 per year.
1: We're we're hopeful that we'll get money for pay raises. uh, And if we do, uh, hopefully it can be spread across all 15 colleges to all instructors.
4: Republican Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves says state employees will see pay increases, but not across the board.
1: We've given a lot of leeway to state agency heads. And what that often leads to is uh, those who are at the
0: upper end of the payment mechanisms are getting pay raises when those sometimes on the lower end are not. And I think we'll continue to see a, uh, an emphasis on those who are making less than 30000 a year or less than 40000 a year or less than 50000 a year.
4: Speaker Gunn says they'll use some of the money to shore up the state's public employee retirement fund. He added most state agencies will receive the same budget as last year. Desiree Frazier, MPB News.
3: Coming up, how a medical center transplant program is helping its lower-income patients. That's after a Mississippi StoryCorps. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
0: What I like about our program, In Legal Terms, is it gives you the chance to ask a question of a legal expert and gives you information to use in the future. Our next guest on In Legal Terms will be employment attorney Lewis Watson. He and Professor Richard Gershon will take your questions by email, legalterms at mpbonline.org, or by phone during the live show today at 10 a.m. on MPB Think Radio or over the Internet at mpbonline.org.
3: This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.
1: A loved one is heartbreaking in any circumstance, but when death breaks the bonds shared by sisters, it can take an especially heavy toll. In this stop on the StoryCorps mobile tour, Whitney Grant talks with John Swanson about the 2010 car accident that eventually took her sister's life.
5: She had brain damage. She had broken bones on her pelvis and ribs. She was in really bad shape. She had swelling and there was nothing they could do. But we sat there for four days just hoping that something would change and they the doctors tried everything and ultimately we had to just accept the fact and she had actually registered to be an organ donor three weeks prior to that and that helped I had assumed that's what she would want to do donate her organs and we were able to do that so that was a a very special thing and a really, really hard time. We ultimately had to make a call in the time. I mean, the doctors helped us. And I remember um, the family came and my mom and I sang her a song. We sang Angel from Montgomery, it's a John Prine song. And when we were done with the song, it was just, we had decided that that was the time. It was the worst thing anyone could ever see. I mean, she was so young, and she had so much ambition, and to just watch that die was, it's really unbelievable. But you immediately have to start telling yourself that it's going to be okay, which is really hard to do. Maybe immediately is not the answer i don't really know how to describe it
1: but talk a little about what helped you get through initially like what you were during this
3: those four days what you were doing with with cassidy and what really helped you
5: when i got to texas there was a point where you know i took a break from the hospital and i went to the house where she'd been living she was living with her, her boyfriend kevin at the time kevin was a really sweet kid i I couldn't have been crazier about him. He was in the car uh, with Cassidy when the accident happened, and he injured his shoulder, I believe, but was relatively unscathed, so he was having a hard time with it as well. So we were hanging out together, and I was going through some of Cassidy's books, and she had a Dr. Seuss book, Oh, The Places You'll Go?, So, you know, I've always told, been told that people in a coma can hear you. So I wanted to grab some of her books to read to her just in case that was true. And I want to read a little excerpt because I really think all adults should go back and read Dr. Seuss books. I think that They have a really sophisticated message, and we should go back and learn those lessons as we get older. One of the um, excerpts that I really kept going back to after she died, uh, I'm going to read. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers who soar to high heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest. Except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say, but sadly it's true, that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. You can get all hung up in a prickly perch, and your gang will fly on. You'll be left in a lurch. You'll come down from the lurch, with an unpleasant bump and the chances are then that you'll be in a slump but when you're in a slump you're not in for much fun and slumping yourself is not easily done so that's one part that I would go back to because I I had to tell myself that a lot is that just sometimes bad things happen and you can't explain them and you just need to accept them and i felt like that lesson really helped me all the way because if you look for someone to blame or if you look for a reason then you will torture yourself trying to find that reason because sometimes you just have some bumps
1: To hear more of our conversations from the StoryCorps Mobile Tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps Mobile Tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
4: Since President Trump
5: was elected, the city of Portland, Oregon has seen violent protests between the far left and
1: far right. How am I supposed to explain this? To my 12-year-old daughter, that we allow adults to fight on the streets of our city. I'm Audie Cornish.
5: What happens when civil protest boils over into civil unrest? This afternoon on All Things
4: Considered from NPR News.
3: Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio.
4: Donating your change to MPB just got better. Visit mpbonline.org support. Change donors are now change sustainers with instant benefits like passport streaming video and home delivery of our fine-tuning program. If you'd like to give a set amount every day, now you can. Donations are charged directly to your card, which means you can earn points and a tax deduction. Visit mpbonline.org support and become an MPB change sustainer today.
3: the University of Mississippi Medical Center, is known as a pioneer in organ transplants. It was in the 1960s when the university performed the very first lung transplant in the world. Since then, the need for organ transplants has only grown. According to organdonor.gov, there are more than 100,000 men, women, and children currently waiting for organ transplants of some kind. Dr. Chris Anderson is the chief transplant surgeon at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier about the transplant program and about what they're doing to help patients who may need additional assistance. Transplants are
1: very unique. There's oftentimes immediate gratification as far as improvement in their health. But at the end of the day, the real reason a transplant is it, it prolongs their life. It's a life-saving operation in um, most instances. Uh, there's also, along with that, uh, quality of life improvements. Uh, patients with end-organ disease um, or end-organ failure uh, often have, whether that's heart, liver, kidney, pancreas, whatever, they often have symptoms that go along with that. And so not only are they having a poor quality of life, but there's a, there is a there is end point to that life. Um, transplantation... It's really the best treatment we have to reverse any of those organ failure uh, diseases, uh, whether it's, again, heart, liver, or kidney.
4: Well, how many different transplant programs are available through UMMC?
1: Currently, we have... a heart transplant program, a liver transplant program, a pancreas transplant program, and a kidney transplant program. Uh, In addition, that's the solid organs. And then in addition, we have bone marrow transplant program.
4: How successful would you say it is when you do transplants?
1: You know, transplant survival rates are publicly reported. Um, Every center has sort of an expected level based on factors um, from the patients they transplant. But in general, um, give or take a little bit. For example, um, after a liver transplant, 90% of the patients should be alive with a functioning organ in what, one year, give or take a few percentage points. For kidney, uh, that, that number goes up to the high 90s, you know, above 95. Um, and for heart, that number is probably about 90 as well.
4: Do you know how many, say, you do in a year's time?
1: We, on average, do roughly 130 kidneys a year, and about 40, somewhere between 40 and 50 livers a year. Pancreases are more hit or miss, to be honest, uh, because of the indications. So it's somewhere between three and five a year. Um, 10 is probably the highest year we've had at UMC for pancreases. Uh, heart's is roughly around 10 a year.
4: And so how long has this center been open?
1: Well, again, it depends on the organ. Okay, um, it's
4: been it kind of staggered time right. periods.
1: So probably the most significant event, again, I'm biased, but in UMC's history dates all the way back to 1963. Um, and that's when Dr. Hardy, who was the original chairman of surgery at UMC, performed the world's first lung transplant in 1963 in Jackson, Mississippi. So from that aspect, the transplant program at UMC dates all the way back to 1963. So you have a fundraiser coming up, correct? We do. It is um, a fundraiser for what's called the University Transplant Guild. Uh, this is a group that uh, formed before I arrived in Mississippi, so uh, pre-2011, and it's it's a fairly unique group. Their sole purpose is to support uh, transplant patients in Mississippi, whether or not you were transplanted at UMC. They are a um, nonprofit under the University of Mississippi Foundation, one of three such organizations uh, at the UMC campus. They provide comfort um, needs uh, for transplant patients, such as when a patient comes in for a transplant, they get a, a robe and they get the use of a tablet while they're in the hospital to communicate and take notes. They get um, other other sort of comfort goodies to to you know, improve their mood and their family's experience. But really, some of the more important things they do in my mind is, um, you know, transplant, organ failure and transplant takes a toll on a family, both emotionally and financially. And so we do have patients who have um, coverage to get get a transplant, for example, but their day-to-day expenses make it difficult sometimes to get to clinic or pay a light bill, or, and so there is some emergency financial assistance given through this organization. And that's one of the biggest and most important um, things that they do. The annual fundraiser is called the Southern Social. Uh, it is at it is this March 30th on a Saturday. It's at Providence Hill Farms in Flora, and uh, it the the big part of the fundraiser is a is a A clay shoot or skeet shoot and it's a lot of fun Um, lots of people come I think we had a 100 shooters last year lots of fellowship and just fun out there on the course if you're not a shooter there's also this year uh, a a, um, painting class called paint it southern and it's taught by painting with a twist and uh, the painting that they're going to do at this uh, group is a magnolia flower painting and the people painting will obviously get to keep that for themselves and then there's going to be a Sort of a gathering and a, a party, if you will, after the shoot and the painting at Providence Hill. Um, it's going to be catered by Manship uh, Wood Fired Kitchen, um, and the party is going to be at the new clubhouse at Providence Hill. I have the website here where you okay. can get information. There are sponsorships available and individual tickets available, but the website is www.umc.edu forward slash university transplant guild thank you so much for coming in and speaking with us dr chris
4: anderson with the university of mississippi medical center it's
3: my pleasure stay tuned to mpb think radio for a full slate of mississippi-based programs all morning long coming up at nine o'clock it's money talks then at 10 it's in legal terms and at 11 stay tuned for southern remedy Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online by visiting mpbonline.org. You can also download the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. Or you can subscribe to Mississippi Edition in your favorite podcasting app. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 830 for the next Mississippi Edition only on MPB Think Radio.
1: Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education with 100% online master's or specialist degrees in fields like teaching, leadership, higher education, and more. More information at rebelteacher.com. Country Music, the new documentary series from award-winning filmmaker Ken Burns, comes to MPB TV later this year. But this Friday morning, you're invited to a special preview screening about the story of the great Jimmy Rogers. This event is free and open to the public and will be at the PV headquarters in Meridian. Along with the preview screening, there will be a discussion session with the film's producers. If you're a fan of country music, we welcome you this Friday morning at 10 to the PV headquarters in Meridian for the preview screening of Ken Burns' Country Music.
3: This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission.